the thought of wanting to end your life is the symbol of how desperate you are for your life to be different. You just want something to be different. It, the life that you're living or leading feels too overwhelming, too painful, too disappointing, you know, uh, whatever those pieces are. And there are steps that we can take that build to experiencing life in a different way. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Praxis is the college-age community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California, and this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I'm your host, Max Critchfield, the pastor of college-age community at Three Crosses, and we're so glad you're here. Well, in this first season of the Praxis Podcast, that's really almost at a close at this point, we uh, have been talking about mental health, as well as exploring the connections between mental and emotional health and Christian faith. I'm joined today by an amazing guest who's joined us for many conversations during this season, and that is Christian therapist Katie Dennis. Hello, Katie. Hi, how are you? <laughs> We're so glad that you're here for today's conversation, and um, one that yeah, we do feel a burden for that is a heavy and significant topic. And we were just, you know, praying before we started this recording that um, that God would just be at work through this uh, discussion on something that's very heavy and very real for, for many. So, um, so glad to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, before we get into that uh, significant topic, I want to read our disclaimer that uh, this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, call 988. Well, before we uh, get into today's topic, we begin as we do every episode with what we like to call the precious moment. Uh, just thinking about something that's made us smile, something that sparked joy for us recently. And uh, Katie, you were talking about something before we started. So why don't you start? Yeah, uh, my husband just had his 40th birthday. So that was a fun celebration for a couple weekends. And um, I think the most uh, precious moment of that, if you will, <laughs> was um, just seeing um, how loved my husband felt because all of his family flew up here to be with him and then a couple mm. friends surprised him as well and so just to see him feel like Aww. loved and celebrated and um you know excited was really touching to me because i love him so i like it when he feels loved yeah that's beautiful <laughs> thanks significant birthday and um just seeing someone that you love be loved yeah that's that's a special thing for sure how about you yeah i think for me um well, la a few weekends ago, I got the chance to go up to a, a friend's cabin, and we went. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to go snowmobiling with him and his friend. That sounds rad. And yeah, and I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And I had never ridden a snowmobile before, and this thing was amazing. It was, just, <laughs> it was so fun. I was just like hooting and hollering yeah. to myself out loud, just like, woo! You know? <laughs> no one was listening. It was just for my benefit. Yeah, totally. But, I mean, you could go from like zero miles an hour to like 50 miles an hour in like three seconds That's amazing. on this thing. You know, it was like, and we were going through these, like, I think we rode on like 50 miles through these trails. Very cool. Through this beautiful pine forest. It had snowed recently. So there was like, you know, this, the trees were dusted with snow and yeah. we were just 
cruising on these trails. It was kind of like riding a jet ski. And it was just absolutely beautiful out there. So yeah, that's that was awesome. something for me recently. Yeah, that's something I've always wanted to do because I am a jet ski addict. I love jet yeah. skiing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's really I'm fun. into that. <laughs> well, um, now we kind of turn to today's conversation that I think we do feel, you know, is it's it's significant. You know, I think every topic that we've discussed in this season is significant. We've touched on this topic briefly as we've talked about depression and some other different arenas of mental health. And that's the topic of suicide yeah. and suicidal thinking and self-harm. And, um, you know, if you clicked on this episode, maybe you've listened to every episode. Um, maybe you have a friend that you perhaps suspect um, has been thinking of ending their life, or maybe that person is you. And uh, we do want to underscore what we said in the disclaimer that if you're listening to this and you're, you have thoughts of suicide as you're listening now um, and you feel like you're in a, in a crisis, uh, that 988 number that we re referenced at the beginning, that's not just kind of a cut and paste commercial. That's a like a mental health hotline um, where someone will pick up and talk to you mm -hmm. if uh, and you're in that distress. And so um, please utilize that resource. We're going to talk about more resources in this podcast, but if you are in distress listening to this episode, please call that phone number, reach out to someone. <clears throat> and so as we begin this conversation uh, about suicide, um, there's different kind of terms around that. Um, you know, suicide attempts, suicidal ideations I've heard before, suicidal thinking. So Katie, as we just begin thinking about this topic, um, could you just shed some light on those terms for us? What are we talking about? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so um, suicide itself is like uh, actually the act of completion. So that's going to be that someone has uh, reached uh, um, a point where they feel like death is their only option and they've actually completed the act and actually intentionally taken their own life. Um, and then a suicide attempt is maybe I kind of, you know, want life to be done. I'm also desperate. And I've like made some sort of gesture or action step to have that take place, but it wasn't actually um, completed. And I am still alive after I attempted to take my own life. Some uh, like ideas around suicidal thoughts or ideation is like you have the thoughts in your mind. You want life to be different. You're, you know, just desperate for something um, to end. And so you've started thinking is suicide my way out or my option, but you don't necessarily have an intentional plan or you haven't taken any action steps forward in that. And then also sometimes just in the midst of depression or anxiety or difficult life circumstances, you might have like a fleeting thought about suicide, but it doesn't like take up residence in your mind. It's not there mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. It just kind of flutters in and out when things are stressful, but you're able to transition out of that quickly. That's like you're just having a thought of it. It kind of popped in. And those have different levels of um, severity and different, um, you know, timelines of immediacy for support and action. Yeah, I kind of heard some echoes. You mentioned, for example, anxiety and depression. And I was just thinking about kind of some parallels there with kind of the the persistence of suicidal thoughts. Like in depression, we mentioned, like, you can you know, get sad, but then you come out of it or anxiety, you get worried, but then you come out of it. But if you're like anxiety and depression, if those are kind of true of you, like they just kind of take up residence and you can't shake them. Yeah. And it seems like you're kind of saying that with sort of suicidal thinking, yes. you know, that some people maybe in a really stressful situation, the thought will cross your mind Perfect. and then it kind of dissipates. But 
when someone's kind of really in the thick of this, it's it's persistent. It, it, it lingers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It, it You know, it's like a thing you can't shake or that you um, kind of maybe also like keep more hidden. Whereas maybe if you like mm. had a fluttering thought kind of entering, you might be like, hey, best friend, like this popped in my head and it kind of scared me. And like, I think I need some support around this. You know, it's it hasn't moved into like isolation or secrecy or just really um, being a persistent thought that you're carrying with you on a daily or regular consistent basis that no one else knows about. Because yeah. I think that's part of what leads or fuels the um, steps closer to an attempt or an actual completion is that you start really hiding it. And that becomes like kind of the fuel that lets it grow inside of your mind and, um, you know, takes you to a place where you forget that hope or support or connection or, um, you know, life can also include moments of joy. Mm. Yeah, that secrecy piece, that was something I was thinking about earlier today before we were recording. And I was just, I'm, I'm imagining probably for listening, we've heard some of these stories where you had no idea that somebody was struggling. You know, it looked like they had, I'm becoming emotional just thinking about it, but you know, it seemed like they had their life together. They were happy externally. You know, they were successful. They were doing well, it seemed, to many. And then one day you awaken and you hear that they had taken their own life. And and people just are kind of left wondering what I had no idea that this person was struggling. I had no idea that um, that they were considering something like that. And then they're gone. And I think that's, you know, just what one of the many things about this topic that, that is painful and um, unsettling is just that you maybe somebody can look fine but really be progressing along this track that you were describing you know of seeing ending their own life as their only option out of the pain they're experiencing but it's kind of hidden to everyone yeah I think sometimes we forget the idea that it's actually impossible for someone to be happy all the time yeah (laughs) You know, so, uh, you know, if you're noticing someone that's like, it's always like, yeah, everything's awesome. I'm good. I'm happy. And some of that is true. You know, people do have more optimistic outlooks, but someone who's living in a healthy place is also going to say things like I had a hard day or, you know, I'm feeling a little bit tired or I feel sad about this event that happened, you know, my neighbor or whatever. Right. And so um, you're going to hear a fuller story of a life lived you know, and whereas if someone is in a consistent place of everything is perfect, (laughs) you know, then I might just take the opportunity to say, hey, are you actually okay? You know, Mm. is there anything that you need? Is there a way that, um, because sometimes life can be hard and I just want to make sure that you feel loved and supported for all the pieces of your life. Yeah. I think you're already kind of touching on this significant part of this discussion, which is somebody who maybe we know is dealing with thoughts of suicide um, or maybe we suspect might be. Yeah. And obviously someone who's like always happy might not be thinking about suicide, but they could be. They could be. And, and maybe we've had somebody who's disclosed to us, you know, like, Hey, I've thought about ending my own life. And I've, you know, as a youth pastor, as a um, now college age pastor, I have people come to me and say, Hey, this person has said this to me and I have no idea what to do. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And, um, and so what is, you know, what counsel would we give for somebody who maybe is concerned that someone has suicidal thoughts or or they've told us that they do? You know, how can we love and walk alongside that person? 
Yeah, the most important thing, if you have any thoughts or concerns that someone you know or care about is struggling with suicidal ideation or thoughts, is to just actually ask them directly. To actually put together the question like, are you thinking about killing yourself or you sound really down? Are you having thoughts of suicide? You know, you've mentioned wanting to die. Are you planning to do something? You know, is to just mm. ask directly. And then it, doing so will not implant the idea into a person's mind. If mm. it's not true for them, they'll just say, what? No, I would never do that. Like, that's no, I'm not thinking of that. <laughs> you know, you're not going to give them the idea. Uh, it's not going to take up residence if it's inauthentic for them in their mind. But if it is partially true or there is a piece of them that is thinking about that or that thought has taken up residence in their mind, they're going to let you know and be extremely grateful that you took the risk to ask. Mm. And so in that, then in asking if they say, yeah, actually I am, you know, then the things that you could do is, you know, just really listen in that moment, but also encourage them to seek help and find support. And if it feels like it's imminent and this is like a crisis situation, then it really is about just calling 911 um, to get support there immediately. And then also 988 is another resource that can also help with online, you know, on the phone talking to them if it feels more immediate. Mm. I think the thing that people get kind of scared about around that is that they don't want to upset their friend who is already upset. But the idea is that, um, you know, a life is extremely valuable. And so mm. the need to preserve that person's life takes precedence over the idea of like making the person feel happy or friendly or, you know, like our friendship is solid. Because if that person does actually take a step and has a suicide completion, right, then the friendship is already lost. Or there's no mm. moment for a potential reconciliation. And so in those moments, it's more important to seek help immediately, take actions to preserve your, your loved one's life. And then that gives the potential for resolve and reconnection and understanding to be built after the person is in a place of safety and health. Yeah, I think in terms of relationships, sometimes we just don't want to make waves. Totally. You know, and we don't. Maybe someone's going to... Yeah, it's going to cause a rift in our relationship if, you know, they think that we thought they were suicidal and why would you think that and they're hurt. And I think what I hear you saying is just kind of taking that when we care about somebody so much, you know, that we need to kind of risk a rift to make sure that somebody's going to be okay, you know, because their life matters and because they matter to us and to God um, to just to be upfront with them because we care instead of like, Hey, I don't want to make waves, you know, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it. And, um, but there's kind of perhaps what you're saying is the wise thing to do is just, uh, is to take that step because we care. Yeah. Yeah. If your friend is willing to talk to you about it, then more likely than not, they're also hoping that you are help them with it. Mm. Well, we've kind of, we moved to kind of helping the person that we suspect perhaps is suicidal, but perhaps the person who's listening to this and has maybe had some of those fleeting thoughts or maybe they're more persistent. What, what resource, you know, what, um, I've imagined for, for every person, it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for hope. I'm looking for something to, um, 
to pull me out of this darkness that I'm finding myself in? What, what resource would we offer for someone who may perhaps find themselves in that place today? Yeah, for myself, uh, you know, I would really say if you're having that thought pass through your mind, even at its smallest level, or you're having some thoughts around it, that is like the, um, you know, green light for seeking professional help. You know, if it's existing in any way, that's the time to reach out for support from someone who really knows and understands what mental health is all about and can offer you you know, clinical skills, support, um, that's the time to really reach out to a professional who has the training to offer you the skills and support to help you find and discover a life that feels more worth living. So that would be my first thing is immediately reach out to somebody. If you're at the crisis thing and you've reached, you know, and you've yes. looked up and Googled the plan and you've got the means to complete that plan, then we need to be calling 988 or 911 for immediate support. Obviously, we've mentioned that before really the warning signs that are leading up to that you know are things like if you start having those thoughts you're noticing that you're separating yourself you're isolating more and more um you're um you know having sleep disturbances food disturbances you know life is really being impacted by the thoughts that you're having then you know you're gonna want to start doing some things that counter that you're gonna want to logically know that you need to hang out with a friend versus the feeling of not wanting to hang out a friend you're going to make the logical choice because you know it's for your long-term benefit so being willing to participate with those things and um, in those moments taking the risk to share the hard place that you're in so that you have a team of support around you that's willing to help you uh, find Um, the hope that you're looking for and can actually like we mentioned in a previous podcast let you borrow their hope until you find your own (laughs) so what i'm kind of hearing in there is like if those thoughts are lingering for you that's really the sign to escalate your level of help you know and if you're kind of suffering in silence yeah um or in isolation that that's not the place you should be um and that maybe you need some people to have courage with you and for you, you know, to kind of, hey, let's let's get you into these conversations with skilled helpers, with a therapist um, mm-hmm. to start um, just a, a journey of healing yeah, because no. that isn't a place that you want to linger alone. Yeah. And to the person that's having the thoughts that might be popping in or they're considering that is what I want you to know is that. The thought of wanting to end your life is the symbol of how desperate you are for your life to be different. You just want something to be different. The life Mm. that you're living or leading feels too overwhelming, too painful, too disappointing, you know, uh, whatever those pieces are. And there are steps that we can take that build to experiencing life in a different way. So there is a potential that you could lead a life that is different so that you don't have to actually take a um, final step to escape it. You can escape it with changes that facilitate a more positive life experience, whether that's developing new friends, changing jobs, implementing different ways of, um, you know, caring for yourself. You know, all those steps build to finding yourself in a life that's different. I was really struck by that phrase that you used there, you know, that the, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but, you know, the, the depth of our feeling is matched by just the desire for us, for our lives to be different. 
I think that's really powerful. I think sometimes people who I've talked to, maybe who are, you know, experiencing thoughts of suicide, um, it just feels like the thoughts feel oppressive or, you know, just the change that's needed feels like out of reach, you know, that like, man, so much, so much needs to be different. I don't know if it could ever change. And it just yeah. it seems so hard. It seems like so much work and I'm already tired, you know, um, you know, for that person who's just feeling like it's a, it's a mountain to climb, you know, how do we come alongside them and what, what hope do we offer when someone's feeling that way? Yeah. I mean, that is an extremely difficult, hard spot to be. I think the thing that as a friend, a family member, you know, a church, church uh, member, you know, is to really be with the person and really communicate your love and appreciation for their life being here. Mm. And that, uh, you know, you're not a therapist or you're not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or even a pastoral counselor. Not all of us are those things, right? right. Um, and so I don't want you to take the full burden of this person's health journey on yourself, right? That's not what I'm alluding to. But there are ways that you can support them in uh, finding the professional help that they might need. And that just walking alongside, you know, if you look at the whole picture, it is overwhelming. It is daunting. But if we look at just this next best step, that might be doable, especially if you've got somebody walking next to you. And let's just take this next step together and this next step together. And then we might find ourselves in the place that we thought was impossible to achieve. <laughs> because if you look at the mountain, I can't climb it. <laughs> but if you look at the next step, I can take it. Right. I want to tell a little story here. And, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and uh, about that phrase, uh, you were close to it, which is the next right thing. Oh, okay. And uh, right, which is also a song in Frozen 2. Have you seen that? Yeah. I have just this weekend with my nieces. <laughs> oh, really? You'd never seen it before? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Perfect wow. timing. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I on Disney Plus, there's this whole... Um, like series on the making of Frozen 2 and it's it's really incredible and obviously I'm you know three young girls so I'm, yeah. I'm watching that stuff pretty often but I find it interesting just by itself and um, when they came to talking about the creation of that song um, it's one of the songs in the movie it's at this really low point where Anna and her sister Elsa right who's like the snow queen she has died basically she's frozen um, it's not final in the movie, but, and then because of that, her kind of little snow companion, Olaf, he flurries away. And it's, my kids, <laughs> they like to put the song on because they said they like to see me cry because basically whenever I hear the song, I cry. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> in the making of documentary, I guess toward the end of the completion of the first movie, I think it was the director of the film or one of the executive producers, his kind of young adult son was killed. Fair. And um, and so we did an episode on grief already this season, but they kind of yeah. walk through this incredible kind of just through this dark valley of because they had grown incredibly close as they made the film Fair. and um, just that journey of grief and loss. And they really wanted to create, you know, in Frozen 2, just this really accurate depiction of just that that darkness of feeling. Um, when it doesn't seem like life feels like it's worth living, you know? 
And so, you know, at the beginning, she says, I've seen dark before, but not like this, you know. And she kind of goes on. And it's, I think, one of the most incredible depictions of grief I've seen, especially in, in any movie, in a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, and I was just imagining that while you were talking of someone who's, you know, kind of in that depths of darkness, of feeling of how they want their life to be different so bad. You know, yeah. and she's literally at the bottom of this like dark cave. Right. And she just starts taking these next steps forward, right. you know, the next right thing. Um, even as she's just burdened, she's overwhelmed, you know, by these feelings of like, I've, I've lost my sister, I've lost my friend, you know, how can I move on? But she just, she finds the strength to just take one step forward toward yeah. the light, you know? And what you were saying too is, you know, just having some people who are going to take one step with you, you know, into skilled help, into, you know, just creating some different things where it's, it's not all going to happen at once, you no. know? It's not just one big leap and I'm in a happy place, you know? Yeah, no. it's I wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just kind of doing the, the next right thing, you know, moving toward that that life that we want, that life that God wants for us, the life that the people that love us, that, that they want for us, the life that we want for ourselves, um, where we can experience joy, where we feel like I, I want to keep living because life is rich and meaningful and the world's better because I'm here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, um, I say that from the place not only of like all the research support of like taking the next best step, but that I say that as someone who had to make the choice to take the next step. And I know I, I mentioned that in a, the depression episode, you know, but um, I, I stood at the bottom of the mountain or the bottom of the cave, like frozen, you know, Sure. <laughs> and, it, and it felt daunting and overwhelming and impossible. And I just took each little next step that I could take, and it's brought me to 12 years of freedom from depression or suicidal thoughts and ideation. So I'm, I'm communicating that to the person that might be struggling in this way as a therapist who believes in what therapy can do and the skill sets and how God can find freedom. But I also say you to, that to you as someone who has been there and who mm. isn't there anymore. Yes. I guess we've touched a little bit on, you know, just from a faith perspective, um, maybe what counsel, what hope we would offer to somebody um, who's just feeling like maybe maybe the world's a better place without me in it. You know, um, I've heard people say that to me. Yeah. And maybe you're listening to this and you've heard that or thought that yourself. Um, you know, as we just think about the hope that we read about in the scriptures and, you know, from our our faith, you know, what are some things that come to mind that we could you know, just kind of speak into that for someone who's at the bottom of the dark cave, you know, um, yeah. what, what hope is there? What light can we kind of see at the top that could say, you know what, because that's true, I'm going to, I'm going to take this step and the one after that and the one after that. Yeah. I mean, from our faith perspective, right. Uh, you know, we're not a happy accident. We're not a coincidence. We're intentionally placed mm, Yes, purpose and meaning in our life and 2023 in our pure existence. When someone's sitting in my office and we're having this hard um, conversation and this discussion and that's the place that they're at, uh, you know, there's something beautiful about kids' stories, including Elsa. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, the kids' story that I always read is this book and it's called You're Here for a Reason. Mm. And it's a children's book and it, you know, goes through all these things, through the highs and the lows, through the, you know, all the different things that life 
um, happens, you know, and at the end it says, um, you're here for a reason. Hmm. You certainly are. I just can't imagine a world without you. Hmm. And so that kid's book summarizes it in a beautiful way. I would highly recommend it. I would, I buy it all the time. <laughs> Small yeah. and large, because if you have a friend that might be struggling with something like that, you know, it's something tangible that they can read in mm. the dark of a place. You know, all they got to do is flick on a light. Sure. And you might not be instantly available, but they could read that book. So I will say I do really like that book. Um, but that's what I, you know, would really say is, you know, there is purpose and meaning in your life being here. If God looked at the entirety of this universe and this world, and he looked at the year 2023 and he saw, you know what, it just isn't complete unless I have a max in it. Mm. I need a max to fulfill all that could happen mm. in this moment, in this time and reveal, you know, the truth of who I am or share the love of who God is with someone else or there's purpose and meaning in your life being here. And so let's keep trucking along mm. and find what that is and find what that meaning is. You're not an accident. Yeah. I think for me, as I think about that question, um, you know, sometimes what I hear from people is that they see themselves as a burden, you know, and that it's like helpful to other people if they remove themselves from the world, you know, that they're not for some reason, you know, worthy of love or help or care. And um, I think that's just what kind of leaps off the page of scripture for me is just, you're so treasured, you know, that God saw you and thought of you and said, I'm going to offer myself because I want to see you live. I want to see you fulfill yeah. the purpose that I've created for your life. And uh, you're just so treasured. You know, we can't even understand, right, the depths of God's affection and care for us and that those words, you know, don't, you know, burden, they, they don't define who we are. God does, you know, and um, when those kind of voices in our head just seem so loud that, um, you know, my prayer and hope for people, you know, as they're getting the help that we've been talking about in this podcast, that they just hear the voice of their belovedness, you know, speaking louder. That's just something that came to mind as we were talking. Yeah, if um, I have something that's extremely valued to me, whatever it may be, you know, uh, you know, I care for that thing. I find joy in having that thing. I place it in a position where it's protected and safe. I don't just let just anyone have access to it, mm. you know. And so there's this uh, beauty in um, it brings a person joy to care for and be a part of uh, caring for someone, especially when they find them so valuable and have such deep love for them, that it also gives purpose and meaning and um, brings, you know, happiness to the person that is able to be on the journey with you. Mm. They'd much rather have you with them. Uh, an example of like having something really value is my two little nieces. They're um, five and seven. Sure. And they always want to wear my engagement ring. And so whenever they want to and wear my engagement ring, I have them sit on my lap and I take it off and then I let them hold it. And this weekend, um, I just really was like, I'm going to use this as a little moment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so then I said, my little niece Lincoln was holding my engagement ring and she was like, it's so pretty, auntie. And I was like, it <laughs> is. Do you know what else it is? I was like, it's valuable. 
It's valuable to me. Mm. And it's valuable to me because Uncle Tim gave it to me. And it was a symbol of the love that he has for me. And yes, it costs money, but it's even more valuable because it reminds me every day that he loves me. And do you know what's even more valuable than Auntie Katie's ring? And she was like, what? <laughs> and I said, you are even more valuable to me than Auntie Katie's ring. And she looked at me and smiled at me and said, really? And I said, oh, yeah. Wow. So that's an example. It's like a gift to be able to care for something that is of value to you. Mm. It resonates in the depth of your heart to love somebody. And when you love somebody and care about somebody, you will walk with them on any journey, no matter how hard it is, because mm. you want that person to realize just how valuable and special they are. It's a beautiful picture. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, is there anything that we want to... Uh, say at this point as we kind of land the plane on our conversation for today? Yeah, I thought maybe it might be helpful if someone's listening to this to just know some resources that are out there. Yeah, please share. So the, um, you know, I think Praxis, you know, is kind of, a, you know, college young adult aged uh, focus. So there is an organization called the Jed Foundation. It was actually founded by two parents who lost their college aged son mm. to suicide. And so they began this foundation, and it's the jedfoundation.org. And they have all sorts of different categories and articles and information about I want to help or I need help. So that would be some like more in depth kind of resources for either of those categories. And mm -hmm. they also have a 24 7 free text line, and you can text 741 741. And someone will immediately text you back with some support or resources or information on how to move mm. through those things. Wow. Uh, the National Crisis Line that we mentioned at the beginning of everyone is 988. But also, I believe Praxis is in Alameda. Alameda um, County, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you happen to be a Praxis member or live in Alameda County, the Alameda County Crisis Line is 1-800-309-2131. And they'll also support you. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to speak one thing about that. There is a little bit of a trend that is existing on TikTok, Instagram, or whatever that's kind of anti these resources. Mm -hmm. And they can paint a uh, um, false narrative or false story of what these resources do and how they help you in moments of crisis. I just want to say these people are here to help. They're going to match um, you with resources that match the place that you are at. Mm. And if you need to go to a local emergency room or call 911, the faculty and staff that are there, they want to help and they want to do that in a way. And sometimes there's going to be, you know, um, difficulties in that journey. But the point of all of those things is to stabilize you, make sure you have resources that can support you in your next step and um, preserve your life because that life is valuable. Well, this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, call 988. Wow. Um, that was <laughs> a really significant conversation on a really significant topic. And um, if you listened all the way to the end here, we hope that was a help to you. 
Um, yeah. And um, I want to say thank you to Katie for helping us engage with this really important and significant topic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's a privilege. And thanks to you for listening. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful, and we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day.